0: Welcome to Adaptify, I'm Mike, I'm a paraplegic from New Zealand and it's my mission to find the Adaptifiers of the world, people who have overcome challenges and found new, creative, interesting ways to be free despite needing to use a wheelchair for their mobility. So today we're speaking with Tanelle Bolt from Canada, from BC and Canada, she is a charger was born a charger by the sound of it, and is still charging. She's the founder of the Rad Society, whose goal, whose mission is to enable people with mobility needs access to really expensive equipment so that they can find freedom in the outdoors and on their terms, where they want to go and with whom they want and where they want to use it. So, hey, welcome to the show, Tanel. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Hey, so just to set some context for, for you, just tell us a bit about yourself before you shared your life with a wheelchair.
1: So I'm a 31-year-old British Columbia, Canada resident, Western Canada. I hurt myself four years ago in a recreational free jumping accident off of a bridge into a river from 60 feet. I believe I hit something slightly submerged floating down the river and sustained a complete spinal cord injury at my T6 level, which is basically nipple lying down. I've lost all function and movement. And according to uh, Western medicine, there is no, no hope of recovery. But that said, I continue to play outside and love the outdoors and love connecting people and just creating a community in this weird little adaptive world that I found myself in.
0: Nice one. So following your your accident, did you find yourself in a place where you were more focused on what you couldn't do than what you could? What was what was that initial period like for you?
1: I hurt myself when I was living in the city in a downtown core. I was the one that was able to get everybody out and go camping and to the lake and out on the boat. Fortunately for me, I have a, a very solid group of friends that are incredibly able and strong. And my my stature has allowed me to uh, continue on with my friends in a manner that isn't allowed to most people. So I you know, wanted to start converting my garage storage into adaptive equipment. And I found that there was no possible way I could do that because of the financial price tag attached to everything to change up a bike and a boat and, you know, your vehicle and all of these devices that you now need to accomplish things in life and activities outdoors, are unattainable to most. Uh, because I was a recreational accident, I have no insurance coverage. So even though there's a public system in Canada, there's really no support for somebody that's too ably disabled.
0: Is that right? Okay, so that makes it tough. So to try and get back into you know the sporting world, the recreation world that you're in, I mean, the equipment is, it's really expensive. So what was the, I guess, what was the first thing you you set your sights on, what was the first thing you thought was achievable for you?
1: Uh, skiing, number one, getting back onto the snow. I was a lifty, uh, lift operator at Panorama Mountain Resort in the East Kootenays 12 years ago. And so I had always used athletics and sports and you know the endorphin pump of physical activity to help with anxiety and keep your spirits up when it gets gray days and the days get really short in the Pacific Northwest. So I moved from the city back to my home ski hill here at Invermere, and they have sponsored my ski season in the last two years. I was able to find a used sit ski for $2,500, and that was a steal of a deal without the support of the ski hill, I would have been $2,500 in the hole without any way to get to the hill or on on it. So skiing was the first main one. I was welcomed back, you know, quote unquote home to Invermere BC to just over two years ago. And yeah, they've really been a great foundation for me to start back into sports and outdoor sports mainly and to build the, the Rad Society on as there's a small handful of us that have all sustained spinal cord injuries in this town in the last 20 years. So,
0: so what would you say was the hardest thing you had to overcome to learn to ski and, and, and get proficient at that?
1: Ha, I'm still learning. <laughs> I have crashed so hard on my sit ski. I have given myself my first concussion, breaking a helmet into three pieces. I have dialed it back in between last season and coming into this season I skied on the Canadian Alpine Development Team and at a level far beyond my my abilities so I continued to hurt myself and then it became me coping with my coping mechanism so this year is going to be approached a little bit differently it's adaptive sports is hard I was I was fit and active before my injury, but I was not an athlete in my own head. Uh, I only competed against the best of myself. I'm not super competitive towards other people because I know my limits. I'll push my own limits, but when I go and try and keep up with everybody else, as, as my last four years of injuries has proven to me, it's not healthy. <laughs>
0: So why did you decide to go for the the adaptive, you know, the, the racing team and, and not just do it recreationally?
1: Um, because there is no support for recreational activity. Um, I am sponsored by two American organizations out of Canada, or sorry, out of California, the Challenged Athletes Foundation, as well as the High Fives Foundation. And without American support, I would not have my new sit ski. I would not be surfing so the There's, idea is
0: that you 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 sign up as an athlete for those organizations and it's a competitive circuit so that they provide you with some support, either gear or, or otherwise, and, and you're competing. I just saw you were in Hawaii there, you know, competing with surfing. So so you're saying that that's yeah. a way for people to get in, get access essentially to, to equipment is to really throw themselves at it and, and go racing or competing.
1: That's really the only way that I have found so far. I know there's people within the Canadian organizations like BC Adaptive Snow Sports that really are trying to facilitate an athlete like myself who, you know, I'll I'll show up and I'll be there and I want to do these things at an elite level, but I'm not at the competition level yet. Um, I put myself on the Canadian Development Alpine team and strived for it and trained for it hard so that when I wrote grant letters to facilitate my second season on the sit ski, I had clout. Otherwise, I'm just one more person writing something down on paper, and unless you have a provincial or a national level organization behind you, you're not getting money.
0: Yeah, it's a big it's a big barrier, isn't it? And so, Huge. tell us a bit about the Red Society. Um, you know, I'm assuming that these struggles that you, you found personally led to the formation of this, this great nonprofit. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: So I have Rad Recreation Adapted Society. We got our full charity status of government of Canada in February this year of 2018. This was a idea of mine while I was trying to figure out adaptive skiing, I needed to find organizations. I needed to find equipment. I needed to find coaches. Um, I didn't have the friends in the adaptive world yet because I am a baby, brand new to the whole thing. So I struggled and I didn't have any organization come and be forthcoming with with knowledge behind sport and adaptive equipment. Uh, there are organizations that... You know they offer things, but it's not equipment grants. It's not used equipment. It's you know it's hockey tickets. Well, I I'm not a hockey player. I've never been one. Keen to sit in a cold arena for three and a half hours to drink draft beer because my bladder's sensitive. To that, just three hundred dollars of hockey tickets got me nowhere. But I would love three hundred dollars towards a freewheel to go to the beach or a beach mat, which makes it accessible at the beach or anything, anything but that to get me outside to play. I, I had to start rad because there's no way to facilitate independent activity after injury or, you know, aging, Parkinson's, MS, mm. stroke recovery. There was nothing to facilitate life afterwards. There's inclusive groups and people that help children all the time, but then you have to go and sign up to be part of their organization and be part of that group and go out with their volunteers at a specific location. Well, now, okay, you want to include me with this new group of people Well, I'm being excluded from my friends that I've had for the last 15 years. Mm. 20 years 10 years so there was nobody that would allow me to take the equipment with my friends to go and continue to be included with my friends with the activities in the places that I'm comfortable in and rad was born tell us a bit about it how does it work so rad society works on rental basis we take a deposit on a piece of equipment and you pay for your one day your one week your one month rental of whatever adaptive equipment we have in inventory. Uh, right now, we're still fairly small. I have a wakeboard, a mono ski, a paragolfer, and a mountain trike. Nice. Right now, the four pieces of equipment is tough to facilitate all of British Columbia, like my mission is. However, I have been working with people that are able to ship it all over the place. But you're able to rent it and go with your family. You sign your waiver, and that's, and that's your initiation that's you know now you go have fun failing with your friends and family all day long I would rather fail all day in a group that I'm comfortable in than succeed one time with a group of strangers
0: yeah and through failure you learn a lot right and you I guess you learn what what you enjoy and what you don't do so I mean I I didn't enjoy hand cycling Uh, I just I just didn't enjoy it I found it slow I was used to mountain biking fast and (laughs) And it just, you know, it was a discovery. But I, but I had to, you know, had to pay for a significant piece of equipment in order to find that out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, well, and then you, you didn't have the option to try six different hand cycles. You, you tried, you know, what one, two, three, maybe tops. And at what organization? Where did you have to go for that? Like. My dream is to have a warehouse where you open up the doors and it's got all the options. Now you take and you try and you figure out what you want to buy. Like It's $15,000 for a mountain bike with e-assist. Mm. I, I bought a $17,000 sit ski without ever touching one. Wow. <laughs> and then hurt myself and hurt myself for two and a half months afterwards because it wasn't set up properly. And because I had no experience and I had no way of figuring it out, I'm $17,000 of crushing, you know, mental health went downhill. I'm not now. My coping mechanism is chewing me up and spitting me out. And there's there's no way to solve the problem.
0: You know, the other way, I suppose you know, I mean, in New Zealand, it's a small country. So where I was able to go and meet a bunch of people that had various bits of equipment and try them out. But Canada's a big country and even BC's big. So that makes it...
1: I'm a nine and a half hour drive from Whistler Adaptive Snow Sports and they're the ones that have the most adaptive equipment available.
0: Yeah, that's right. So Like for the listeners out there that are thinking, how do I get into these things? Okay, if you're in Canada and you're in BC, go and talk to the exercise. But have you got any tips on, you know, on or maybe even just selecting a sit ski? Like what would you advise? What, What would you advise people do?
1: Don't be shy. You really, people will help. You have to ask for it. And they won't help if you ask one time. You have to follow up. A lot of these organizations or companies that build this equipment, they know the struggle. Uh, They are creating equipment in the adaptive world. Most of them because they have good hearts and they want to give back. However, it's not a lucrative business because it's a very niche market. Uh, Not it's it's just so niche. It's very specialized, and because the price tag is so high and people are so unaware of what's out there, there isn't any competitive business behind it Mm. um so for people going and looking trying to find the stuff like me more remotely or being in the city and wanting to go you know i lived in a city where it never snowed so i had to move move my life to go and be at the snow but be patient i wasn't super patient i'm not i wasn't i'm not super patient and i learned the hard (laughs) way which is you know again why the rad society has taken off and has grown as fast as it is Uh, because I am impatient and I do believe that this can change and people can have more readily available access and better education on what's out there. But you have to make the phone calls, make all the phone calls and try your best to get to uh, a, a renowned program. Like I know Mount Washington has a really good adaptive program and sunshine mountain village in Alberta. Uh, the gentleman that runs Rocky mountain adaptive snow sports and sports out there is really one of my mentors behind rad. I was hoping he would extend his charity across the border into BC, but that wasn't feasible because of, you know, family and two babies. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> You but, um, pardon me?
0: You mean it ex- into Alberta?
1: Uh, no, there's an Alberta organization that has equipment that you can rent from them. And if you have used it through them before, they will allow you to take it with you. Nice. Oh, that's so he is he's the um, development ski coach for Canada Alpine. And he really has a huge heart and is trying his best to facilitate the massive number of people on the Alberta side of the border. Um, you know I've, I've got a larger mission in the end because he's very focused on paddling and biking and skiing and mine I would like to get as far as camper trailers and side-by-sides and accessible VRBOs with uh, vehicles attached to them where you know for certain you know traveling is a quadriplegic mother or father with a family that you can show up and it's going to be okay for you and you can go on a trip and camp and travel and play outside with your kids. And you, because it's set up by the rad society, it would be, you know, fairly headache free.
0: Yeah. Nice. The design has been well thought out and it's, you know, it's suitable, right? Which is, which is fantastic. exactly. Hey, can you describe a breakthrough that you had to now something that you learned that you think you could share that would be helpful for others?
1: Uh <laughs>
0: You know, That's helpful could, for others call. in the
1: adaptive world or in the charity world.
0: Well, you know, just something that you think could help help people overcome where they're at. Maybe they're stuck and they don't quite know how to how to see the way through. Or
1: call a friend.
0: Call a friend, eh? Yeah.
1: Call a friend. There's there's nothing better than than a group of people and like-minded people and similarly injured or suffering people uh, they're huge I haven't yet found a counselor or a psychologist that's able to to help but I do have a lot of friends that are able to help
0: so when you say friends friends are in a similar situation than you
1: yep yeah in the in the sport world because I have been traveling for surfing especially you know uh, you're interviewing Philippe Kizu him and I just spent the week in Hawaii side by side uh Darryl Tate was another gentleman that you had spoken with derail he's also a canadian adaptive surfer you know these guys are leading the charge they're they've been in a chair far longer than i have and they've already you know they've fallen over and crashed hard and and eaten dirt and you know blood sweat and tears and and they're very willing to help somebody who is humble and has a question and is is actually going to take the time to listen to the answer
0: yeah nice all right so that's that's great bit of advice there you know reach out to to the people that are that have been before you that are doing good things be humble Uh, don't be afraid just yeah or
1: and not even people organizations like if you find a, a sporting organization that's dealing with adaptive equipment or you know dealing with similar styles they've probably been doing it for many years and Even if they are able-bodied and, you know, they've got a next level compassion that someone down the street may not have. So finding these organizations, we're all over the place. And I know with social media and things like this, like you're in New Zealand and I'm in Canada. And the fact that, you know, we can become friends on other sides of the world without ever having shaken hands is the greatest tool to us right now.
0: Yeah, totally. Hey, so how does the life you live now compare to your own early preconceptions of life in a wheelchair?
1: I didn't have many preconceptions of life in a wheelchair. I was a fitness model and a business owner and a, you know, I my my days operated on volume ten and a half, seven days a week. Uh, I didn't ever think twice about ending up disabled. I never grew up with allergies or in the hospital with doctors. Um, You know, my brother, I watched with asthma growing up. It was a very different life that he was leading as opposed to me. My closest interaction with the wheelchair before my injury was one of my regulars at the bar was paralyzed from a motorcycle accident. And You know, for the three months before my injury happened, he was at my bar a couple times a week having a conversation. So after my injury, he he was one of the first phone calls to be like, hey, dude, I I did the one thing on the face of the planet that you told people to never do. I you know, went and broke my back. So uh, my preconceived notions were nothing. But the last four years of life have been very fulfilling. Um, it's not awesome every day. There's definitely the times where you have to let your mind and your soul kind of catch up to the life that sweeps you away as somebody, you know, disabled able and, and into business. So it's good. Life is good. I can't complain. I get to surf and I get to ski and I get to make a difference in the world, which I wasn't doing before my injury, uh, caught in the rat race, just trying to make gains for myself. And, you know, I, I, still have yet to receive a paycheck for life. It's all, it's all going back right now and being broke isn't a bad feeling. <laughs> so
0: well, that's it. Some, life is okay. <laughs> some of the most, some of the most happy people in the world actually don't have a lot of material things, but they're well connected with their community And it looks to me and it sounds like you are a valuable member of our community and are doing great things. And I look forward to seeing the RAD Society expand as time goes on. I love your vision. I love your vision for helping people travel and explore the outdoors. And uh, look, I thank you so much for for doing that. Where can people find out more about about you and, and the RAD Society?
1: So www.radradsociety.ca is the website. And both on Instagram and Facebook, I've got Facebook is Rad Recreation Adapted Society. And then myself and my personal journey is Tanel's Journey. Uh, And Instagram is just first name, last name, Tanel Bolt. It's all open. I'm not a I'm not a sneaky stranger. You can see everything. Uh, and then the Rad Society is also on there, but just as as uh, at Rad Recreation Adapted Society, the full full name. Haven't got to the Twitter thing yet. That's a little bit out of my out of my pay grade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you only got so much time, and and you're 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 busy building your organization. So um, hopefully one day someone can take that over for you and and help you spread the word and look oh, i any, don't even
1: need a takeover i need the team
0: <laughs> need the team yeah yeah exactly hey so look if anyone out there is listening that wants to wants to help uh anyone that wants to support the rad society with uh, with equipment by donating it or, or offering it for uh as used items or um at a, at a heavy discount please reach out uh to, to now i'm sure she'd love to love to hear from you
1: Pretty pleased with so many cherries.
0: Yeah, awesome. All right, so now thanks so much once again. We'll sign off now and thank you very thanks. much, Mike. Thanks. Been great to have you on the show. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and meeting today's Adaptifier. To learn more about Adaptify and the products we have in development, products that will increase freedom for wheelchair users, go to Adaptdefy.com. That's A-D-A-P-T-D-E-F-Y.com. We're also on all the major social media platforms at Adaptify. Follow us there for more behind the scenes looks and more up-to-date information on product releases. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Look forward to catching you next time.